Welcome to Wine and Wisdom Podcast. I'm D Owens. You can follow our Instagram at wine underscore wisdom podcast and our Facebook at wine and wisdom podcast. I'm really excited for today's show um, and the topic that we're going to be talking about. I, I really think that this will resonate with a lot of people. Um, but before we get into all of that, I would like to introduce our host, Wanda. How are you doing today, Wanda? Good. Thank you for having me today. <laughs> And Wanda is behind her story and a smile. And we're going to go into what exactly all that is today. So thank you so much for being here, Wanda. And I'm excited to speak with you. Thank you. Likewise. <laughs> so of course, we want to get to understand what exactly her story and a smile is. Great. Uh, her story and a smile started off last year. However, the whole concept started in late 2020 and the inspiration behind it was actually from an internship that I was part in, um, part of back then, uh, where we were asked uh, if we could create a project for the community, what would that be? And during that time, I was also going through a lot of life changes. Um, I was going, I was facing a lot of childhood trauma that I thought I had I guess moved on from, but mm. never realized that I needed to heal from instead. Okay. And so that started resurfacing um, to the point that there was an incident. Uh, I'm a mother of two, and I uh, there was an incident between my children that caused a specific childhood trauma to reemerge, mm. and I wasn't prepared for that. And because of that. I had lived through one of my lowest mental health periods of my life ever. I have always been aware of mental health illnesses. I myself uh, am challenged with anxiety and depression, but I never was impacted to a degree where suicide ideation even came to mind. And because I was so desperate to, I don't know, it's like, I don't know if any of you have felt this way before, but you kind of feel like like you're screaming, but nothing's coming out. Yeah, like and that's that's <laughs> like when you can't speak. Yes, like and and for I realized that it was me feeling voiceless, mm -hmm. and so I was like, what can I do? At during that time as well, I had started my journaling my journaling journey, and I real and then I also have a love for photography, which has also helped me a lot with my uh, mental health. It's kind of my own source of meditation because I pair photography with nature. And so one day I was journaling and then I was also thinking like, wow, like I was going through photographs of, my se of myself primarily. And I was thinking, wow, like one thing I get always get complimented on uh, has been my smile. Mm -hmm. and, I, and that's something that I like about myself too. But I had to like dig, uh, dig deeper and ask myself like, what is truly behind my smile? Like, yes, people love my smile. I love my smile. But if only they knew even 1% of what's truly hidden behind it. And so I started her story in a smile initially just by sharing my own personal experiences, trying to create more, um, more visibility, give more education on what trauma is, not just mental health, 
but overall trauma because trauma comes with its own complexity, comes with its own levels of trauma. Mm -hmm. And it's not just one size fits all. It's not just one specific trauma. There's dozens and dozens of trauma. And so I started off by sharing my own personal experiences such as child molestation, sexual assault, sexual abuse, uh, domestic violence. I grew up in a household since the age of six where I was exposed to a lot of that. And so all of that, I'm 29 years old now, but all of that kind of ended up bubbling into one big ball that ended up exploding. Right. And so I realized that I can't be the only one who's feeling this way. Um, I was start, because I was starting to speak out more, I was also getting to know even close friends of mine that I had no idea that they were, that they had lived through similar uh, events like myself. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what led to Behind My Smile Stories where I started initially as well last, last year of 2021, um, trying to get more women um, of all backgrounds to, to speak up, right? And not just to share their story just to share, but to remind them that in doing so, they're reclaiming their voice because it took me a long time to do that. So it started off slow, mm -hmm. but then I started to, to just, you know, be more intentional with, with what I was putting out there. And then this year has, has been the, the year that I can actually say that I've been getting more, more women knocking at my door per se saying, Hey, like, can I share my story? Um, I feel that I'm safe around you. I feel like I can, I can come and express how I feel. Uh, what do I do? And that's kind of how I just started off by saying, share whatever story comes to mind. There is no right or wrong answer. It's basically choosing a story that you are ready to now share. Absolutely. Thank you so much. That is so beautiful. You mentioned so many things. I was writing notes over here because there's a few things that you mentioned and I, I definitely want to talk about. Um, but before we get into that, can we talk about what exactly, um, even if it's your definition of what you would consider trauma, can we talk about what exactly trauma is? Uh, so for me, my own personal definition of trauma is when it's sort of like a shock, right? You're, you don't, you don't see it coming. Uh, trauma is not always something that it's not, it's like, uh, it's kind of like a reaction, right? Uh, we don't, when we're living through a horrific experience, um, whether that's a, a, again, violence, any type of abuse, even natural disasters, um, even, uh, community type of trauma, such as uh, racism, uh, gun violence, it comes with its own levels. So when we experience these types of these types of events, mm -hmm. depending on how we grew up, especially from our childhood, because I strongly believe the way we are impacted or the way we respond to trauma or any traumatic event does stem from the way we were we were brought up. And if you were brought up in a household where you were not taught what is right from wrong, when it's right to speak up or not speak up, when when to detect what is abuse or not abuse, you tend to just go into a state of shock. And it's not until you start, it's not, it's not until time passes by because I, from my own personal experience, I have realized that it's not, you don't realize that you're traumatized mm -hmm. until you start 
your own behaviors, your own self-destructive behaviors um, mm. until you start seeing that what used to work for you is no longer, no longer makes sense um, because you're like, wait, something's not right here. I no longer feel safe. I no longer feel that I can, no, I no longer feel protected. I no longer feel like I can speak up without getting punished for it. Okay. And so for me, trauma is just, it, it comes with a level of complexity that I, I personally don't truly believe um, can, be defi- can be put into one definition. Yeah. Absolutely. And you were speaking before and you were saying that there's different types and levels of traumas. There's so many different um, and I, and I, one thing I want to bring up is what may be considered someone's very hard trauma. You can never compare your traumas to people because mm-hmm. we all have different levels. We all have different things that we have experienced. Um, so never, um, I guess, try to compare your trauma to people's trauma is what I wanted to say there. Um, but when, so you decided to do this 2019, you said? I, the concept I um, first initiated in 2020. Okay. And 2021 is when I officially kicked off her story and I smile. Like I started it. And you spoke to, do you know, maybe like a rough amount of people, like women that you've spoken to possibly? So right now, I believe I am on story number 13 or 14 now. So I would say between 10 to 14 women I've been able to speak. And and at least I know I've been able to share their stories, but I do have a list of women who have reached out. And what I've noticed is that they're the, the women that I haven't been able to share their stories yet, they're in the same, I feel personally feel that um, in my opinion that they're in the same space that I once was where I was hesitant. Like, what if I share my story? What if I speak about something that can, can create more turmoil around me um, and I will be judged for it or criticized or looked down upon it, it. A lot of it comes from fear because that's all we knew. Like a trauma survivor, um, kind of lives in fear because they were not taught that in speaking up they're, they're, they're standing up for themselves. Right. We're not self-advocate and self-advocate can, can also be seen as being rebellious mm-hmm. and no one really likes to be, uh, be seen as the bad guy right but this is not something to feel ashamed about it's not something to feel embarrassed about or guilty that it happened to you because that's one thing I want to tell trauma survivors that it wasn't your fault yeah. even today I struggle with that I struggle with um, reminding myself that the things that I lived through had nothing to do with me but it's not as easy as telling another person hey it wasn't your fault because it's it's deep-rooted hurt so until one becomes self-aware of that, that's when you can at least start taking the step forward to creating change, taking more accountability, but self-awareness has to come first. And unfortunately, if you don't have the right guidance, if you just don't have it necessarily like deep in you to like dig that out, right. it, it can be hard. It can become really, really hard for that individual um, to, to speak up. And at first, when I started this project, I thought that I, well, I do want to speak for everyone. Um, I, I'm a mother of boys, so I, I wanted to like advocate for men and for women. Right. But then I realized there's only so much I can speak for men because I'm not a man. I'm right. a woman. 
And so that's where her story and a smile just came specifically tailored to women because I can only speak from a woman's point of view. Mm-hmm. I can only speak from a woman of color's point of view. Mm-hmm. I can only speak from a Latina point of view. And that's these are kind of like the points that I come from. Like I'm first generation and I feel like a lot of first generational um, women uh, are, are the symbolism of reclaiming our voices, of reclaiming our power. Mm-hmm. So basically the, the, the meaning behind the name is basically you never know what's behind a woman's smile or what they're going through in the trauma, which is very true because you really don't. And I, I look back personally at times where I was going through difficult times and you would never tell. Yeah. You, you know, we hide it well, especially as women, like you said, we can only speak for women um, and just knowing how we are and the many hats that we wear and the many things that we have to deal with. Um, as women, it, it is very exhausting for one. Um, but somehow we, we do, we put those smiles on and you would never know the things that we have gone through or are going through at the time, um, which is pretty crazy to me. Yes. <laughs> um, so what exactly is your mission and what you do with women? So you, they share their stories with you. What exactly, can you just take me along on the process a little bit of what exactly happens? Yeah, so um, my whole motive with the uh, with Her Story and a Smile, I now call it a movement. And it's thanks to women like yourself who have given me your platform to speak on, who have reminded me that it's not just a project, right? It's not like, okay, once I, ha- I collect enough stories, I'm done. No, um, I, I see myself doing this for the rest of my life. Oh. And that's something, this is not something that I, I, I charge for. I, it's not, I'm not getting paid for this. Like I make time for this because it helped me. Like if I was able to help myself and then the process find women to support me in the way, I, I realized that I know there's other women out there who are just waiting to be reached out to. And so for the women who do reach out, I'm always grateful that they do. But for the women that don't, I have realized that I need to be the one who reaches out. Or when they do reach out and they hesitate, mm-hmm. I kind of leave them voice messages and be like, look, I'm not here to make, to profit off your story. That's not something I'm about. Um, I know what that feels like. I am not here to just, you know, get views or likes because I shared someone's traumatic story. Like it's real. It happened to that woman. And all, all I'm here is to remind the woman that like, this is your first step, right? Like, I'm not here to prov- to provide any necessarily healing or professional help. I'm here to just like, hey, I'm another woman. I have the ability, ability to voice your voice even louder. Mm-hmm. So come into my space. You, there's no, like, the a lot of the hesitance is like, I don't know what story to share. Is there, it, um, I get a lot of women tell me like, is there a template I can follow? And I'm like, no, uh, see it as a way that, that you're journaling, right? You were it, just like you were journal your thoughts. You will journal something that happened to you. Mm-hmm. All you're is taking that writing and saying it out loud. And because not many women are ready to come on camera and record themselves, I'm, I'm like, I'm the person that I speak. Um, how can I say this? You speak through me. Like I'm just a vessel. Basically. Okay. <laughs> gotcha. So you are the voice for them, basically. For them. Yeah. Got it. 
Wow. And I, one thing I wanted to bring up is you saying that this was something that you decided. First off, I love the fact that you said that you want to do this for the rest of your life. I think that's so beautiful. And I think in a, a sense, you're definitely, um, if they aren't healed already, the women that come to you, I think you will help heal them and a part of their healing process. And I think other women listening and watching the stories will also be able to heal themselves. So first off, I commend you for what you're doing. And I love the fact that I do have a platform and we both get to, you know, share this with other people and you never know whose life, you know, it could change. Um, and I personally, I don't, you know, I don't get paid for this. This is something that I've always wanted to do. And I want to have women like yourself come on and like I said, possibly change someone else's life and they may listen to this and, you know, you know, it may, it may speak to them. So, um, I love that, that you're doing this for, you know, out of your, out of your own, you know, pleasure and heart. No, yes. Um, that, that's, that, that's, that's what I've been come, I've come to realize that it's, I don't know, there's something about, like, we know deep down as women, we have this natural gift to, to connect. Yes. Um, but again, because along because of, because of life, <laughs> because of, of life does get in the way, and because it does come with its own trials and tribulations, we kind of tend to forget that we have this sisterhood, right? And it's not about, hey, bestie, you know, I got you. I'm gonna support everything you do because we may not always agree, right? right. But but we but one thing I feel like we do have in common is like we're women. We deserve to be heard. We deserve to to speak freely. And when we do speak up, we're naturally gonna attract he hesitance. We're naturally gonna attract tension. We're naturally gonna attract a lashback from the people who hurt us. Mm -hmm. And it's not something to to feel guilty about. Like it happened to us. It's not our fault. It, it's something that we live through. And if we, if by speaking up, I can help another woman remind her, remind her that her voice is still there somewhere and we just got to get it out. And <laughs> if this one way that she can do it, right. then I'll do it. I know my way is not the only way, but I know that the right women will feel safe around me to be able to express that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And when you've spoken to all these women, is there anything personally that you have taken from, you know, hearing these women's stories and what they have gone through? Um, you know, personally, have you been able to take anything in for yourself? I have realized that we, we, we may not experience trauma the same way because we're, individ we're different individuals, but there's a lot of things we have in common, mm. like so much that we have in common. And I, I realized that it's one of those things like, um, there is the, how, there's one thing that like, uh, like the, our, like our reflections, right? We yeah. don't, we're used to seeing like the bad reflections of us in other people. Mm -hmm. And, but we're not used to seeing the good things reflecting that we see in other people in us and what I've seen in women and the woman, the lovely woman who have shared and told me is like, wow, you're brave, you're this, you're that. And I'm like, no, you're brave. Like <laughs> you're brave because you're able to trust me. And I'm here, I'm here just trying to speak. Like, I don't think I, I'm, I don't, I'm not thinking of anything special, but you're reminding me that I am. And that's when I realized, wow, I'm doing the same thing. I'm, I'm making you feel special because 
you also see that specialness in me. Mm-hmm. And that's what I want to get out more too. Like, I don't, it's not just about, I shared your story and that's it. It's the fact that we were able to connect. You were, a- we were able to build trust. We don't, a, a lot of the times it's social media, right? So 99% of the time, we don't know each other in real life. <laughs> So the fact that these women have been able to trust me to share something so intimate, it's something that I will always be forever, forever grateful for, because I wish I had someone do the same for me. But Mm -hmm. sometimes we have to be the ones to start stuff. And just like you started your podcast, I started my movement. (laughs) Absolutely. I love it. I love it. Everything that you said there. (laughs) And, uh, you know, you're right. Sometimes you do have to be the one to start it. Um, and these women, I will say, they definitely are brave to share their stories and we commend them. And, um, you know, like I said, what they may share, they may help someone else. So um, I'm all here for this and everyone sharing their experiences and just learning and growing, you know, from each other and supporting and being there for each other. Yeah. Um, okay, I had a question and I <laughs> lost <laughs> it. Uh, <laughs> uh, Okay. Oh, uh, what would you say to someone who is um, maybe in their healing process of trauma or they're currently dealing with trauma? I don't know if you want to make that two separate questions or if you want to put that all in one, whatever you would like to do. Uh, For someone who is just starting their healing process, I would say I would recommend um, writing it out. Mm. Uh, I, one thing I did watch my mother do, um, was right a lot. Like she has stacks of journals, personal journals that till this day I have yet to read. She told me not until I die, <laughs> not until I die will you get to read these stories. And I know there's there's stories there that I'm, I will eventually get to read, but it's not the time. And right. that's, I wanna remind the, the women who are just starting to heal that it's okay if you don't get to share your story. It's okay if you don't ever speak up, but find a way to let it out. That's mm. I want to make clear, like find the way, the way I was able to find that was through writing by journaling it. And ju- people find journaling so tedious because I used to find it the same way. Like, oh, I have to write perfectly. I have to have something to write about, but yeah. it wasn't, I would wake up in the morning and I'll be like, okay, I had a bad dream. Let me write it out. Mm. Um, I, I'm, I'm in my feelings. Let me write it out. I had a good day, whether it's good or bad, just write it out there. The beauty of journaling is that there's no right or wrong way. It's literally you're a pen and paper and what comes to life is what's going to come to life. And a lot of the times is what we had hitting inside. I love it. So that's for someone who is starting their healing process. Yeah. Um, what about someone that may be currently dealing with their trauma? What would you say to them as far? I mean, would you say write it down as well or? Yeah, I will say, um, it's not, I wouldn't say just writing. I would also say, um, find, if you can find a friend, do so. Um, I know that we don't all feel comfortable talking to just any friend, mm-hmm. but I do think that we have that one friend that we can call, even if we're so like, ah, like, I don't want to bother them. Mm-hmm. Like I have one friend and I always tell her, I'm sorry that I'm calling you, but you're the only one who doesn't judge me. So like, please, please, please. And like, they just listen. You know, if you, another part about finding support is finding someone who's going to actively listen. Mm. And what I said that is not just someone who's going to be like, okay, okay, I understand. Or, oh, I feel sorry. Or, oh, time will pass. No, 
You need that person who's literally just gonna sit, keep their mouth shut, listen, and just open their arms to hug you. Because that's what you, most of the time you don't you don't need, actually 99% of the time you don't need advice. You don't want advice. You don't want anyone's opinion. You don't want necessarily, you don't necessarily want to find the right answers. You just want a shoulder to lean on. And so while you're in that traumatic moment, like I'm not gonna lie, like just this past week, a lot of old traumas that I thought I already did a big part of healing have been resurfacing. Mm. And aside from journaling, aside from finding support, it's I've also learned that you that one needs to learn how to be alone. And that's very, very, very hard to do when you're experiencing or reliving trauma mm. because you are so scared that you feel like you're whole world is crumbling down but sometimes all you could do is sit with your feelings because it's a reminder that you've been suppressing your feelings for so long and guess and and where has that gotten you (laughs) you know it hasn't gotten you too far so the the last thing one has to do is let it out and that's what I've been doing and pretty much this week I've been waking up I don't know why but I've been crying and other times I would have been drying my eyes out and I'd be like no 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 you better suck it in that's it but no this week I was just like you know what I'm gonna cry I'm gonna let it out and I just feel lighter um every day is gonna be different there's not gonna be especially if you're going through it there's no time frame of when you know you'll feel lighter but but just take 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 deep breaths take your time there's no there's no finish line to getting over your feelings because that that comes with grace that comes with with time Mm -hmm. absolutely is there like a way to tell possibly maybe if you're healed or is there like signs to show that you are healing or that you're healed like is there anything that you could say as far as that um I would say boundaries uh, once you start, well, first you got to learn what a boundary is. And a boundary is just putting, it's, it's a way of showing yourself respect. Mm. That's one thing we lose along the way when, it come, when we experience trauma. We not only lose our voice, but we, use, but we lose the, um, the belief that we are, are, are worthy of respect, that we're worthy of more, that we're worthy of being heard. And once we start putting boundaries, especially if you still want to keep certain relationships, um, you need to make that, you need to make it clear what it is that you want out of that relationship. Mm. The beautiful thing about boundaries is that the right people will follow through. <laughs> and that's one way of knowing how far in your healing you have gone, you are going have gone through when, when those boundaries are working and when you're also And when you also start just feeling, you start, you're going to naturally start feeling a certain type of power and you're going to be like, why do I feel out of nowhere that I can just talk like, right. You know, there's, there's, there's days that I wake up and I'm like, I'm unstoppable. I'm gonna, I don't care what people say. I'm going to talk. I'm going to walk the walk, not just talk the talk. And again, it's going to come. It's the reminder that you're, there's always going to be that, that um, voice in your head telling you don't do it mm-hmm. but that's literally coming from 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 your younger self or your past self that 
and also coming from ego, we don't take into account ego, uh, ego, ego serves a purpose with protecting us, but at a certain point, it starts hindering us. And so we need to be able to, I guess, practice also more discernment and what feels right, what feels right and what is right. And just because something feels good or comfortable doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be good for you. Mm. And so once you start noticing little things like that, once you start noticing um, the joys, things that bring you joy, people that bring you joy, you're no longer going to resonate or want to be around people who bring you down or who remind you of, of old triggers. Absolutely. Um, One of the things I wanted to bring up that you said before was that um, find a way to let it out. And, you know, one of the things you said, journaling, finding a friend. Um, I wanted to bring that back up again because yes, yes, yes. Journaling. Yes, yes, yes. Finding somebody that you trust. um, I'm all for it. I just wanted to bring that point up, uh, you know, letting it out and finding a way to express yourself um, because we tend to bottle things in and just letting it out, um, you know, I think that's a great uh, thing that you said as well. Um, And then another thing I wanted to bring up that you said was that a lot of our friends actually have dealt with or been through trauma. You actually don't realize how many of us have, are, you know, have actually been through some type of trauma in their life. No, yeah, it's true. Um, I wish I have several friends who opened up within the last three years to me. And that's only because I opened up. That's only. (laughs) Because they're seeing um, what I'm doing, mm-hmm. and and they've been and they've been clear. They've been clear that they're not ready to share. They've been clear that they may not ever be ready to share. And again, my movement because it's a lifetime. I always say, even for even let's say you you come to me right and you're like, hey Wanda, I want to share my story, but I don't know if I'm gonna be able to this week. Right. What I, what I tell what I would tell you is what I would tell any woman, and it's like bring it to me when you're ready. Mm. You don't have to do it. Like that's another thing I want to add. When you, sh- when you, when I say that I'm looking to share stories, I don't mean that I need it. I need it by next week. <laughs> Ideally, I would like to share stories weekly, but then be- tailor the stories uniquely to each woman. Um, for the people who end up going through my page, um, each story you'll see is uniquely designed. Um, the story, I don't change any words. That The story that you hear or read is word for word that woman's story. Wow. The only thing I do is just design and make it look pretty. But I don't just make it look pretty. I truly try to see, like, if I saw this woman face to face, how would I uh, How would I design, right? How would I design around her? Right. And that's what I try to do. Like, and, and because that takes time, like, I... I guess now my aim is to share at least two stories monthly. But again, there is no due date because there is no rush in telling your story. It's whenever you're ready. No one can force you. No one can push you. No one can demand you to open up about something that it has taken you a lot to even acknowledge. (laughs) So I'm not here to push those buttons. I'm just here to remind you that when you feel like you can no longer remain voiceless, I'll be here to help you speak up. Absolutely. Um, and it definitely takes some vulnerability. Um, and that's understandable. But um, I love that you said it's on your own time and when you're ready. Because, yeah. uh, you know, when someone else is ready, you may not be ready. So 
Um, I love that you said that on your own time and you have to give yourself, I think, some grace for, you know, going through trauma and then, you know, willing, being willing to express the trauma and talk about the trauma. Yes. I did want to briefly talk about two things and how the trauma can affect. So I want to talk about mental health and trauma and how they kind of go hand in hand. Um, Can you just explain that a little bit? Uh, So uh, aside from trauma, I do like to advocate a lot for mental health. And one thing I've been noticing is that mental health lately has become a trendy thing to do. Um, it's, I can see why people want to speak more about it, but let's not get it twisted. Mental health is not something that it's today's topic and tomorrow is gone. Mental has been existing for so many years, but luckily now we're able to use social media and talk more about it. And I feel like mental health and mental illness gets mixed up a lot. Um, mental health is the overall, the state of balance, the the maintenance of your mental health, of your mind, right? But mental illness, that's something that a person lives with basically the rest of their life because there's there's no actual cure to any mental illness. Um, There's medication, but again, my own personal opinion, that's just just suppressing it temporarily. It's not healing it. I'm not against medicine. I know there's people who thrive off of it and have been able to function better because of it. Mm -hmm. I just, that it's not a cure. So we need, there needs to be more compassion towards people with mental illnesses because it takes them a lot to show up in the real world. It takes a lot to take off that mask because a lot of us carry masks. We walk around masks all the time, Mm -hmm. putting on a face, not realizing that there's a person out there that is struggling and it's not their fault. Like they didn't ask to be born with a mental health illness. They, they weren't asked to be traumatized. So like be more kind, be more respectful towards that person. If, I, For example, for me, right? I'll, um, something that I look back on now um, during my work history has been, I've been known as the serious, conservative, to myself individual. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, people, you know, people find me nice and friendly, but usually they'll, they'll tell me those three things. I'm serious, I'm conservative, and I'm to myself. Mm-hmm. And that used to hurt, not because it was an insult, but because it's like, you have no idea how, how crippled I feel by my anxiety sometimes that I wish I could be as out there as you. I, I admire how easily you're able to talk, but guess what? Not everyone is the same way. Right. Absolutely. Um, another thing I want to talk about is you said anxiety, but, um, and I did see something on your page and I, it kind of made me want to really discuss it, how trauma can affect and make you have social anxiety, um, trigger social anxiety. Can you talk about that a little bit and why that tends to happen? So, um, again, not to like continue repeating the same thing, but from my own personal experience, I, um, during the domestic violence years that I had to witness with my parents, Mm -hmm. there was a incident that led, um, which was what incident where my dad ended up beating up my mom. Mm -hmm. And during that time, I was eight years old. My, I had my, let's see, my two-year-old brother 
who was born um, disabled as well. Um, I was in a living room next to a phone, right? Um, this is the only way I can actually explain social anxiety. Um, and I remember picking up the phone, already had my aunt's number dialed in. But the moment I saw my dad cross the living room to get something, I hung up. Mm. I didn't, I didn't think about it. I was a little girl. I was like, oh, whatever I tried. But it wasn't until now that I realized in my adulthood years that I don't like picking up phone calls to this day. I don't like picking up phone calls. Mm. Uh, if it, if it, if it, it, even if it means me making phone calls to my doctors, I don't like doing it. I freeze. I wait forever to make appointments. Um, if, if I don't have your number saved, I'm not picking up. I recently started a side business as well. And I know I could be making money off of that. But guess what? I don't pick up the phone. Yeah. And I know it's something that I'm going to need more professional help towards being able to get out of that. Mm-hmm. But I already come so far. But social anxiety does come from certain traumatic experiences. And in my case, I was able to go back to the root cause. And the root cause was that moment that my younger self tried to speak up yeah. and I could and that's when I realized now that back then, that's when my voiceless journey began. It's so crazy that that one, like that event, uh, and you currently still, like, it's just yeah. crazy how it all, I guess, um, how can I say this, like, ends up being like that way that, you know, you can go through an event like that and it affects basically your whole life. And um, just, it's just crazy to me. So um, I wanted to ask you, how do you think unresolved trauma can affect someone um, in their daily life? Uh, Unresolved trauma can uh, affect a person's just regular daily life, um, again, by not like not not meeting, like just not not meeting the goals that you want to meet, not uh, self-isolating a little too much. So like, if you're, if you're used to, if you're a person, for example, who is used to being around people and then out of nowhere, you, you self-isolate for a long time or for more common than usual, that's when you got to start asking yourself, like, what's truly going on when you become more uh, irritable, when you come, uh, when you start losing trust in others, when you feel like you're losing control, those are signs that there, there's something deeper than just your surroundings that may be affecting you. Absolutely. Well, before we end up and wrap up today, I found a little um, statistic thing that I found on remembering trauma on their Twitter. Just a little, I just want to go over a few things of statistics. I don't know how, um, let me see what study this was done. It looks like um, www.7030.org.uk. They did the poll. Um, so I just quickly want to go over some of the effects of childhood trauma because um, that's typically where most people, for the most part, I'm not you know, an expert in this, but I feel like a lot of people, that's typically where the trauma begins in their childhood. Um, yes. So some of the effects of long-term impacts of childhood trauma is affects perception of reality, wires brain to um, expect danger, triggers fights or fight or fight or flight or freeze response, um, creates a sense of helplessness and takes away sense of safety. Um, 
also people who dealt with childhood trauma are two times more likely to develop depression and they're three times more likely to develop anxiety disorders. Um, some common causes for, yes. yeah, absolutely. And it makes a lot of sense. A lot of what you said today, you know, definitely makes a lot of that um, more real. Um, some common causes of childhood trauma are child abuse, physical, emotional, and sexual, witness and victim of violence, neglect, um, substance uh, misuse, uh, bullying in school, um, medical trauma, war, terrorism, grief. Um, and those are just a, a few to name. Um, and the initial trauma of a young child may go underground, but it will return to haunt us. James Garbirano is um, said to say, but that's, those statistics are pretty crazy. Um, yeah. But it, it's, it's very, interesting to see how you know something like from your childhood and how and it could affect you know in your adult life and your daily life um but i really would like to thank you so much for being here and telling us you know who you are and what exactly that you do and like i said thank you for being one of those women who help other women out there deal with you know things and women who have faced adversity in their lives oh thank you so much you are so welcome Where can I definitely Oops, sorry. Oh, you're good. You're good. My my computer seems like it's a little lagged right now. Um, but where can our listeners find you? Um, maybe someone who wants to share their story, or where can they find um other women's story and they can read them? Where can they find you? Of course. So uh right now, my uh, one and only page right now is on Instagram at her story in a smile. It's one entire word. If you are looking to share your story. Um, even collaborating in any way, shape, or form. Uh, my link is in the bio of my Instagram page. When you click on that link, the very first tab, you will see a story submission. It's going to be in uh, in Google form. The way I broke it down, it, it explains, uh, I just asked for your first and, la your first and last name. Uh, there's actually a, a YouTube video. I also have a YouTube channel. Again, her story in a smile, one word. Uh, but the, in the Google form, I do add a specific YouTube video where I do kind of explain what I do look for. And then uh, what, motiv what a motivated, motivated you to finally share your story, uh, your actual story. And now here's the little catch with the photo. So as much as I love all of the, uh, the smiles, I want uh, part of the, I guess, the task of the woman when they come to sharing their, their photo is choose a photo where you are obviously smiling, but it was during a rough time that mm -hmm. knows about. Um, and I do this because that's my whole point um, in okay. raising ability in the photos. You just don't know. You don't know if prior to snapping that photo, they had just gone through something traumatic. Mm -hmm. So kind of like what I want to get out more, like uh, creating visibility, which is why the photo is so important. And although I don't, advertise this a lot if you still want to share your story but you just don't truly 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 do not feel comfortable sharing your photo I will still gladly share it I did that for a friend um, she's the only one I have done it for so far but my again my intention is just to remind you that there is there is a place where you can speak up and you will not feel judged you will feel you will not be uh, you will not feel criticized or any of that matter because that's not something that is tolerated in my movement mm -hmm. 
And yeah, so you can find me on Instagram. That's my main page on my YouTube channel where I just, you will find basically just videos of certain topics that I like to expand more on. And uh, my email is herstoryinasmile at gmail.com. And if you just want to directly contact me there, I will be glad to respond. Absolutely. Well, yay. I'm so glad that we were able to speak today. Um, And I'll be sure to include all your links when I post the episode. Um, which will be very shortly um, because we definitely want to get this out there. But thank you again so much for being here. It was a pleasure speaking with you. I look forward to seeing all your posts and everything. And like I said, I I hope that maybe someone listening today will, you know, learn something from here or, you know, get get some type of knowledge from this or, you know, it may speak to them in some type of way. No, yes. Thank you. Thank you so much again for having me on your platform. I really appreciate you. (laughs) Oh, no problem. Um, Thank you guys so much for listening and I will see you guys next time. Bye.